This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. Essential joy, it's found in being made right with God. It's being made holy, not because of your works, but because of what Jesus did for you. Essential joy, it begins over there. It starts with knowing that God is calling you to live a life of holiness and it cannot happen because of your works it happens because of the works that Jesus did for you and it happens with you recognizing that you are a saint now I know that again if you grew up in church this is, this is no news to you. you again like I said the book of Philippians is such a common book among Christians and that's why I said this is the hardest book to preach to Christians because you're just going to go you know, into one year into the next but do you realize that you're a saint because of what Jesus did for you. And if you say that you're a saint, there's got to be a way your life changes when you realize that you're a saint. You see, Paul, he was not a saint before he met Jesus. In fact, he was a murderer of saints. In Acts chapter 9, verse 13, it says, But Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man. Who do you think this man is referring to? To Paul, you're right. I've heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. This is not a new theology that Paul came up when he became a Christian and says, you know what, I'm a saint and everybody's going to be a saint. And you're a saint and you're a saint and you're a saint. Look under your chair, there's a saint. No. You know, this was something that right from the beginning of Christianity, it was understood that it's all your sin for all his holiness. And because of that, because of this transaction, you now are a saint. You now are set apart. You now are holy like he is holy, not because of your works, but because of what he has done for you. But then, see how God turns the, the murderer of saints into a saint maker. In Acts chapter 26, Paul says, And I did so in Jerusalem. I not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against him. He was a murderer of saints. Go back to Acts chapter 9. It says, Now as he went on his way, that's Saul. His game is going to be Paul. He approached Damascus, which is where he's going to actually catch Christians, torture them, arrest them, bring them back and kill them. Because he was a murderer of saints. And, and it says that he's on his way to Damascus. And suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? This side. Who do you think that voice was? Jesus. Good job. This side. Come on, man. Don't let me down. It's Jesus. Isn't it interesting? Side note. Side note, that's good. I'm taking on you guys too much this morning. I just love you guys too much, okay? All right. My wife is not here because otherwise she makes signs at me and she'll be like, I'll kill you when you get home. But she's not here, so it's like free, the free roam. No, I'm kidding. But isn't it interesting that Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? In other words, saying that you put your hand on my saints, you're putting your hand on me. Because now they are holy like I am holy. I put my righteousness, my holiness in them. They are the embodiment of all that I am here on this earth. They are my hands. They are my feet. When they open their mouth, I'm going to give them words to speak. You touch them, you are persecuting me. And folks, being a saint is that. See, ah, it gives me goosebumps. It's got to change the way you walk. It's got to change the way you talk. You are a saint. And you're a saint not because of your works. It's because of what Jesus has done. And if Jesus has shed his blood for you, there's got to be a different way that you walk. There's got to be a different way that you talk. There's got to be a different way that you look at your sin. And we're going to get to this and I'm going to ask you a very tough question. What do you prioritize in your life? Do you prioritize flesh and sin or do you prioritize holiness? And we'll get to that. I'm getting ahead of myself. And Saul over here, who's still Saul and not Paul, he's not prioritizing holiness. He's prioritizing works. He's prioritizing his own righteousness. And Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? And he says, who are you, Lord? If you're an unbeliever here, maybe this morning you will ask that same question. Who are you, Lord? And he will reveal himself to you. And he would say, I am Jesus that you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city and you'll be told what you are to do. 
And it says that Saul, whose name is going to be Paul, he was blind for three days and didn't eat for three days. And he really weighed in everything that happened and his life changed and was transformed. The question I have for you is this. You are a saint, but has your life been transformed? Are you living like you're a saint? Now, yes, we're not saved by our works, but if you're saved, your works has got to change. Are you with me this morning? Yes. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but I'm going to read your mail. You are saved. Yes, and you go back home and you wonder why you don't experience essential joy that you need. It's vital, it's crucial, it's most important. And you wonder why you don't have the, the joy of the Holy Spirit. You wonder why you don't have God speaking to you when you open the Word. It's because you've not changed the way you live. What are you prioritizing with your life? On your calendar of your life, what are you prioritizing? I'll, I'll be honest with you. The reason why I'm able to speak so freely about this is because I've been this. I am this many times. Let me tell you a secret. There are many days I don't prioritize being a saint and I don't prioritize living a holy life. In fact, I scheme and I plan ways to sin. I'm, I'm being real before you because I want you to be real before God this morning. But here's the beauty. God has not abandoned you. Child of God, He's not abandoned you. But He's calling you this morning to respond with conviction and ask yourself, what do you prioritize in your life? Are you prioritizing work and money and family? I'm telling you, it's worth it if you have to quit your job to live a holy life. To live a life that's holy, pleasing, and acceptable to God. It's worth it for you to get rid of your computer for you to live a life that's holy, pleasing, and acceptable to God. It's worth it for you to have a dumb phone and not a smartphone if it means living a life that's holy. Is there someone in this room that wants to shout amen to that? Amen. He was a devout Jew. Paul, who was Saul. He was a very studious man who taught who was taught by the best teacher, Gamaliel. And he becomes a saint not because of the bright light. He becomes a saint not because Jesus spoke to him. He becomes a saint because he bowed his knee and accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And he changed his life and his priorities. Has God changed your priorities? How are you overcoming temptations in your flesh? Yes, we're not saved by works, but come on, if you're saved, how can you go on living in sin? You who's dead to sin, you got to renounce that, you got to hate that. And in fact, I believe that oftentimes sin has power over you because you've not prioritized holiness in your life. You're a saint because of the work that Jesus has done for you, but are you living like one? Yes, you're saved by grace through faith in Jesus, but that, does that grace show in your choices? Are you using convictions and correction and courage that the Holy Spirit gives you to live as a saint, or are you comfortable in your sin? And breaking news, if you're not prioritizing holiness in your life, you can give up on experiencing the joy of the Lord. You can give up on that because you are running after other things that will give you joy. And I know for some of you, this is really, you, you, you are like, man, I need, just need to give up on joy because there's no way I can overcome my temptation. That I'm going to go home and I know I'm going to sin. All I'm asking you to do this morning is to make a decision this morning to prioritize holiness and tear on the banner of I will never be able to go get over my sin. Please, this morning, I want you to reach out and tear on the banner. Physically, you got it. Like, tear on the banner. I'm no longer addicted to pornography. I'm no longer addicted to lying. I'm no longer chasing after money. This is the banner I'm going to erect. I'm a saint. No? No? It's not heading home to anyone? Okay, then. You know, I was up all night till 7 in the morning, all night in my garage, working on this first point. I was laboring over this, man. And I knew I was going to get frustrated because I was like, God, I don't even know if it's going to hit anybody. Listen, when you go back home, no, seriously, and all night long, I was working on the garage cleaning my motorcycle because I've been riding it really hard. And I was like, no, it needs some care. And I needed some time to spend time with God too. 
10.30 at night till 7 a.m. in the morning. And I didn't want to go to bed because this was something that God was really convicting me on. And he said, Jewel, you walk as a pastor, you walk as a Christian, you walk as an Indian in Idaho, <laughs> but are you walking as a saint? Are you reasoning? Are you thinking? Are you forgiving? Are you loving as a saint? And I couldn't go to bed till 7 a.m., man. That's a long time. My wife was shocked. She's like, what are you doing? Being a saint, that's what I'm doing. I'm growing to be a saint. And, and, and trust me, all night long, Satan is going on about all the temptations that I can indulge in that night. All night long, all the lies, all the pleasures that I could have had, all night long. And all night long, I had to keep rebuking him and embracing the fact that I'm a saint, tearing down the banner of I'm not a sinner. I'm saved by grace through faith. I am a saint in Jesus Christ. Someone, someone this morning needs to put your hand up and tie down the banner over your head and erect the banner of I am a saint, born again, blood-bought, child of God. But before you begin to change your behavior, there's also a question I have to ask you because the Holy Spirit kept asking me this question and only felt it was right for me to ask you this question. Before you change your behavior, you have to ask the question, have you responded to the invitation? Because if you're going on a vacation, you're tracking with me still, right? Good. You guys look good, by the way. It's nice. We've got some extra lights on the side so you can actually read your Bible and I can see your smiling faces. It's beautiful. It's great. Before you go off on a vacation, you got to pack your bags, which is great. Uh, you got to you know, pick what clothes you want and stuff like that, which is great. But you also got to buy tickets. In other words, you got to commit to this trip. You had to click, 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 buy Visa card. Here we go. Talk to a guy from India whose accent you can't understand. And you're like, no, can you put me a different seat? And you got to go through the whole rigmarole, right? It's crazy. But you got to commit. The point I want to get to you is you, before you go off on a trip, you have to commit. And the question that the Holy Spirit wants to ask you this morning is before you change your behavior, before you get excited about I'm a saint, and maybe that's why you're not excited this morning, the question is, have you answered the call? Have you answered the invitation? Have you made that commitment of saying, you know what? I am getting on this road. I am going on this trip. I am going to live as a saint. And here comes the invitation. This is the second thing I want you to write down. Essential joy begins with grace that brings peace. So we saw that essential joy, it's being made right with God. That's where, you know what, essential joy really, it, it, it comes alive. It's when you're being made right with God, when you realize that you're a saint, when you realize that you've got to walk in holiness. But it begins with this. This is the starting point of it. It begins with grace that brings peace. Essential joy doesn't come by works, but by grace that brings peace, which will change your destructive behavior that steals your joy. See, oftentimes, oftentimes, you go about changing your behavior without grace. You go about changing your behavior without experiencing the peace of God. And so what you do is, your behavior changes as a work, but you're not saved by works. Eternal joy doesn't come by works, but by grace that brings peace, which changes your destructive behavior that steals your joy. It's quite possible that you keep giving into temptation because you never accepted the invitation for the grace of God. We're going to read that verse again in just a second. I was working on my motorcycle. I'm sorry if you guys aren't gearheads over here, but I couldn't find a big, better way to illustrate this. I was working on my motorcycle. I've been riding that bike really hard. And so I, you know, I, I pulled up my carburetor. I cleaned it up. It was fantastic. A lot of work, which was great. Um, I, I, I looped up my, my cable so it was nice and smooth. I adjusted my seat because it was a little uncomfortable, just my foot pegs. I cleaned the bike up, the chrome looks beautiful. I almost rode it this morning, but I knew if I did it, I'd be too distracted and I won't be able to preach. 
I'm always so distracted, right? Probably wouldn't come here, but let's go. But this is what I did. I put it up and I drained the oil because the oil needed to be changed. It had gas in the tank, I charged the battery, the battery was perfect. I just did my lights and stuff like that. I rewired some of the stuff, which is great. It looked beautiful. I mean, if you saw it, man, you'd be like, dude, that's a sweet bike. But it had no oil. I just loved the way the bike looked. And it was such a beautiful night. I had been working so hard. And so I took the bike out and I decided to go for a ride without oil in it. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I was hoping that I would get a reaction. Because see, some of you guys don't understand what a stupid mistake that is. You will blow that engine up in, yeah, very quickly. I'm glad I heard that. Oh, good. Okay, that's exactly what it's like. Please listen to me. That's exactly what it's like when you have all the works, but you lack the oil. You lack the grace. You go about all the chrome, you go about the seat, you go about the cables, you go about the carburetor, your battery's charged, your thing. It looks beautiful in the driveway, it looks beautiful in the cul-de-sac. You can take pictures of it, it looks amazing on Instagram, but you lack the oil. And the oil, the, Holy, the Bible tells us, is the Holy Spirit. You've not received the grace of God that gives you the peace of God, but you're going after the chrome and the shine and the tires and the seat. And God's like, dude, you lack the most important thing, you're going to burn up. And there are two kinds of people that have not responded to the invitation. Two kinds of people, and I'll tell you this. One, there are people who are frightened sitting in the garage that don't want to move. Maybe that's you here this morning. You're frightened to do anything with your life because you know that anything you do, you're going to fail, you're going to fall, you're going to burn yourself out. And so you just stay put. You're like, I just put up appearances. I look good, chrome. Hey, I'm a garage queen, right? That's what they call those vehicles that never go out of the garage. On the other hand, on the other hand, you're the person who says, you know what, you know what? Just a little bit here and there. Just started a little bit. Brum, 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 brum. Hi, that's pretty good, right? Your own works. And you know that if you push it too hard, you're going to die. You see, Paul was not that kind of a guy. Paul was the guy that was able to be in prison. And even when the chains fell off, he stayed right there. Because he knew he had something in that that would never burn him up. He would never blow up. Essential joy begins with grace that brings peace. And that's why Paul says in Philippians chapter 1 verse 1. He says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons. Verse 2 says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It begins with grace and then comes peace. That's all the time we have for today. But we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store. 